Welcome back to another episode of A Saintly Moment, brought to you by the Transforming Lives Together podcast. I'm James Kibbe, and this week we are remembering the mother of our Lord, St. Mary the Virgin. Her day was officially yesterday, but we're continuing the celebration today. As our custom, we will hear Mary's bio from the Lesser Feasts and Fast book and one of the scripture readings appointed for her feast day. Before we continue, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast and invite you to leave a five-star rating and review. Your positive feedback helps us reach more people with the content you're enjoying right now. So please take a moment and respond. We really appreciate your support. Here is what the Lesser Feasts and Fast book has to say about Mary, the mother of our Lord. The honor paid to Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ, goes back to the earliest days of the church. Two gospels tell of the manner of Christ's birth, and the familiar Christmas story testifies to the church's conviction that he was born of a virgin. In Luke's gospel, we catch a brief glimpse of Jesus' upbringing at Nazareth when the child was wholly in the care of his mother and his foster father, Joseph. During Jesus' ministry in Galilee, we learn that Mary was often with the other women who followed Jesus and ministered to his needs. At Calvary, she was among the little band of disciples who kept watch at the cross. After the resurrection, she was to be found with the twelve in the upper room, watching and praying until the coming of the Spirit at Pentecost. Mary was the person closest to Jesus in his most impressionable years, and the words of the Magnificat, as well as her humble acceptance of the divine will, bear more than an accidental resemblance to the Lord's Prayer and the Beatitudes of the Sermon on the Mount. Later devotion has claimed many things for Mary which cannot be proved from Holy Scripture. What we can believe is that one who stood in so intimate a relationship with the incarnate Son of God on earth, must, of all the human race, have the place of highest honor in the eternal life of God. A paraphrase of an ancient Greek hymn expresses this belief in very familiar words. O higher than the cherubim, more glorious than the seraphim, lead their praises. Alleluia. And now for our scripture reading appointed for her feast day. Uh, This is going to come from Isaiah chapter 61, and I'll be reading verses 10 through 11. And you'll notice that the first couple of lines in verse 10 sound almost similar to the beginning of the Magnificat. So uh, here it is. I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. My soul will exalt in my God. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has wrapped me with a robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its sprouts, and as a garden causes the things sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. We don't have any information about Mary before she was pregnant with our Lord, though we can glean from the Gospels that she was young and poor and devout in her faith. 
She lived in Nazareth, which, as we assume from Nathaniel's response in John chapter 1, was not a popular or well-thought-of town. Maybe we could compare it to a backwater town or something like it. My point is, is that she was essentially a nobody. Now, popular myths always portray the gods interacting with the movers and shakers of the world, the Achilles or Agamemnons of the world. And we read in the Old Testament of how God dealt with the kings and prophets. These stories can lead us to think that God only bothers with the important people, and the insignificant remain just that, insignificant. Well, God turns all of this on its head when he calls Mary to carry his son. Now, right now, you may be feeling insignificant, that God is not as interested in you as he is in others. You may feel as though you have nothing to offer God, that you lack the gifts and talents you see in others. If there's something you can take away from Mary's story today, let it be this, that God sees you and he knows you. As Psalm 139 reminds us, there is nowhere we can go where God is not. He is intimately acquainted with us and loves us. God is able to do far more than we could ask or imagine. All he asks is that we trust him and obey him, just like Mary did. Let us pray. O God, you have taken to yourself the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of your Incarnate Son. Grant that we, who have been redeemed by his blood, may share with her the glory of your eternal kingdom. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Thank you for listening to A Saintly Moment, brought to you by the Transforming Lives Together podcast, which is a ministry of St. Bartholomew's Anglican Church in Tonawanda, New York. We hope to have you back again as we remember the lives of the saints. Until then, may the peace of Christ rule in your hearts by faith to the glory of God the Father.